Has anyone ever told you you're kind of a lot? What are you doing? Can you not? Take a minute, okay? Just chill. Relax. Calm down. You're so loud. It's okay. It's kind of harsh. It's too weird. It's too bossy. Too wild. Too girly. Too much. Too much. Too much. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Too Much, a podcast for unapologetic women. Today, we're going to be talking about, uh, are you scared of using the word feminism? I'm really excited about this topic, Heather. What about you? I, I missed that. What'd you say? Oh, I'm really excited about this topic. What about you? I'm very excited about this topic. This one, um, yeah, yeah, I think this is an important topic. Um, I realize that for some listeners, this will feel like, what, like, why are we even addressing this question? Why would you be scared of the word feminism? Mm. Um, but I, I, I would say... You know, it's not just you out there. It's it's other people that do are very hesitant with the word feminism and have had negative associations with the word feminism. And so that's why we're talking about this today. Like, why should this matter to you as maybe someone who feels like it's useless or has negative connotations to it and right. don't, don't want it? Yeah. yeah. And I think that's where we start, right? There's a lot of people will associate negative connotations with the word feminism. They think it might mean you know, being hateful, ball busters, really being mean or disrespectful, obsessed with their own victimhood, just want to hurt men. Um, But we want to just remind everyone that is not what feminism is. That is not the definition of feminism. Feminism is simply and purely the belief in the social, political and economic equality of all genders. So that's the bottom line. Now, a lot of people interpret that differently. There's a lot of different ways um, that that can be like bloom into action, but that's the bottom line of the definition. So now, since that's not what, what, what it really means is equality, right? Now, the reason I think a lot of people feel uncomfortable with that sort of equality is there's a quote by Franklin Leonard, when you're accustomed to privilege, equality feels like oppression. So when you're accustomed to, you know, being um, the upper class, then the lower class getting more power feels like oppression. Um, But the reality is, is it's really just about equality. Um, It's about, it's not about bringing anybody down. That's not the reality. The reality is lifting women up. That's really what feminism means. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And this is probably where we want to start with our first point in terms of um, our challenge and argument to you about why why you should care about the word feminism is the same people, most of the time I would say that the same people that are hesitant to use the word feminism or push back against it are also people that would hands down say like, whew, child brides, um, bad, sex slavery, (laughs) hell no. Yeah. Um, you know, they're willing to even say like pay inequality is bad as long as they don't actually lose their pay, which is the way they're brought up. Not that they go down, <laughs> they go right. down. Um, domestic abuse, right. Men beating up on women, bad, right. I feel like a lot of these are really easy sign offs in terms of like, that's bad. We shouldn't do those things. Those things need to be stopped. That's injustice. Right. We do agree on those things. We agree on those things. Um, and so my statement to you is maybe, maybe in your life you've had this experience. And I know people who have, who have 
um, said this to me. They're like, I just, I don't feel like I need the word feminism. I haven't experienced, no one's treated me differently because of my sex. I haven't experienced, you know, sexism. And I would say maybe, maybe in your, from your standpoint, you don't believe that you've experienced sexism. My argument would be like, at the same time, the world needs feminism. The world needs a voice that says this equality is, this quality, inequality is wrong and that equality is important. Um, and I know my friends who, who make this statement are the same people that are saying these things. Child brides are bad. Sex slavery is bad. Pay inequality is not okay. Domestic abuse is bad, 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 bad. Those things need to be stopped. It's wrong. Um, and so I'm, I guess we're at the Heathers or we're reaching out to you and we're saying, you know, tap, like tap into that heart and that love that's in you that knows that injustice does happen in the world. And if you're not willing, if you're saying at the forefront, I don't need feminism, the world needs feminism. The, the world needs feminism. Your sister needs feminism, right? Like your literal sister, mm-hmm. your sister in the community, your aunt, your mom, your wife, your daughter need the word mm-hmm. feminism. Even if in you, your own life, you believe that you don't need the word feminism. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's your love for them that I call on to say, please take, take the time to ask these questions about like, this needs to be important in your life and why. And I'm saying it's because of the people in your life that you already say that you love. Mm. They need you. They need you to care um, because they are experiencing injustice. That statistics, that's proven, that's anecdotal in my life and Heather's life and the lives of many friends and family that we have. It's a real thing. And we're asking you to say, okay, I realize it's just because it hasn't been your experience doesn't mean that it's not the experience of others. Right. Yeah. So when you say, oh, I don't need feminism because I haven't felt oppression. Well, that doesn't mean you don't need it. Right. Because you we know you care about these other women that do need feminism. So by extension, you need it, too. Right. We need it for our sisters. We need it for the women and the women in the world who need it. And then I would, you know, go even a step further, I think. Uh, Well, we would, (laughs) which is this idea that let's, we would like to gently challenge whether you really think, like whether you need it or not, you're saying that you don't, let's consider whether that's true. And I want to take an extreme example because sometimes hyperbole illustrates the point best. So we're going to go way back. Well, this, this is still an example about why other women need it, right? Not why other women need feminism. Yes, but also an example of like why if you believe it doesn't affect you personally, then you don't need it at all. You are potentially wrong. Or you need to be involved. Right, right. Okay, so yeah. So to clarify. So this example, we're going to go way back early 1900s. Before women had the right to vote, 1911, um, a lot of, there was a suffrage movement, but it was not obviously successful at this point. Now, a lot of women were not pro-suffrage, were not pro the right to vote because they didn't believe that it was important. They didn't believe they needed it. I trust my husband to do the voting, so why should I get involved in politics, right? Now, most of those women were 
upper class white women, right? They didn't, they personally did not have a great need as they felt it to have a right to vote because they had a good life. Their husband took care of them and perhaps even their husband was a great guy. You know, that's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but because women don't have the right to vote, there are a lot of issues that don't get addressed in the voting. Um, specifically an example would be women's working rights. And we look at an example like the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory fire. In this, just for those of you who don't know, this happened in 1911 in New York. What happened is that um, over 140 garment workers, mostly women, mostly immigrants, were locked in while they were working in the factory and making shirtwaists. And this locking workers in was a common practice. A fire started in the upper floors where they were locked into their workspace and they could not escape because no one was there to let them out. The doors were locked. Many of them jumped and were killed that way because there was no other way out. And then the rest of them, it was over 140 people who died. One of the biggest um, industrial disasters in American history. Extremely tragic. Now, if women had... We don't know for sure how the voting would have gone, right? We can't, like, actually, like, experiment with that. But the theory is, right, if women have the right to vote, they can represent their own problems and issues. And potentially, these working conditions could have changed earlier if women had the right to vote earlier. So when these upper class, you know, privileged women say, oh, it doesn't affect me, like, I don't need to vote because I trust my husband because my life is good. Well, I mean... How blind is that to not see how much it affects other women? And we can look back now and actually say, oh, those upper class women were oppressed too. (laughs) They, not in the same degree, obviously, but they did not have the right to vote. I think all of us now, I'm sure everyone who's listening to this can agree that not being allowed to vote as a woman is a form of oppression. So just because these women said, oh, I'm not oppressed... I don't feel this, I don't have this problem, doesn't mean they were right. And their inability to look in their own life at where they were experiencing that oppression, their unwillingness to do that, had a direct negative effect on other women in the world. And so that's that's the challenge we want to bring to you today, is that do you really not need feminism? Or... Are you, do you think that because your life is generally good and positive and what blind spots do you have that by not addressing them, you are leaving fellow women out in the world out to dry, hanging out to dry? Yeah, no, I think that's such a great, that's such a great point in that, um, it's, it comes back to this anecdotal experience because again, I think the, the women that I've interacted with who've said this they're not like heartless women, mm-hmm. right? Who said they don't need the word feminism or um, just don't need need that in life or so they haven't experienced, you know, no one's treated them differently because of their sex, right? Maybe the word that they would, way that they would phrase that. Um, these, these aren't women that see oppression and believe oppression and then say that that oppression's okay because it's not me. Right. Um, Good distinction. Often in these circumstances, 
they simply believe that oppression doesn't exist. Right. right? Like, oh, that's not, that's not actually a thing. People don't treat me differently because of my sex. Like, it's these other people over here that are using this to dramatize their situation or make a situation bigger than it is. Um, this is not... So these are not women who... It, it, it's not the situation where I hear a listener say, I don't feel like I can experience sexism. Um, and, like, they just don't care about others. Or they see someone being mistreated and they're like, well, I'm not getting mistreated, so I don't give a... Like, I don't care. Right, right. right. Like, it's that their anecdotal personal experience, I would argue, as a person in privilege, right, believes that they have not experienced sexism, therefore it's not a thing and these other people are inaccurate or incorrect or right. they're whatever else. So that's, I guess, the only, like, add I would have to that first point. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so point, point one is that you need... You know, as Heather summed up, other people in your life need feminism. Point two is asking this person, like asking yourself this question, why are you listeners scared of using the word feminism, if that's the case? Um, What about it makes you want to not use it, right? Mm. Um, Our our theory is that there's a lot of negative connotations, right? right? Like you're scared of being labeled as a victim, you're aggressive, you're, quote, too much, yeah, um, you're labeled as a radical, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's a lot of negative, as you mentioned earlier, negative connotations associated with this word, and you don't want, you want to push away from that negative, and you're like, I'm not a man-hater, I'm not anti-men, I'm not trying to burn every bra I own, right? Well, whatever it is, whatever you're picturing in your brain, mm-hmm. you're pushing that away as, like, this is a negative definition of the word feminism and I'm not that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. thing over there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think in addition to that, there's this, if we do start looking at our lives for these moments and like looking to challenge ourselves, where am I being oppressed and what can I do about it? That's some kind of hard questions, right? Like looking at it in your own personal relationships at work, like that's, it's hard to deal with. It's not an easy thing, right? In some uh, even if you have a great relationship with your husband, even if your husband is an amazing guy and I'm not implying any listener out there, I'm not implying he's not right. Like, but it's scary to look at that and say, Hmm, where is there inequality in this relationship? That's inappropriate. And I just want to give a personal example because I, I don't, I know my husband wouldn't mind, but for a long time, and this is a small example and it like has, you know, in the grand scale of, of oppression, it's not a huge deal. But, you know, every inequality is important to address because it does pervade. And they, they stack up, right, right. It's about they a pattern. It's about an yeah. attitude. It's about taking the time to look at the various forms that inequality manifests. Because if we can't even address the small exactly. ones, how on earth are we going to address the big ones? Like Exactly. Oh, yeah. good. well said, Heather. So... In, a, in my own life, my husband, I love him. He's amazing. I'm so glad to be married to him. For a long time in our relationship, we both, so I'm not putting this on him. This is like an internalized thing we both had. Just kind of assumed that I would do more cleaning in our life. That I would be the one kind of keeping things tidy and doing laundry and what have you. 
this wasn't something that like we talked about and agreed on like, well, you're the woman, so you do the cleaning. This was just, it, it was, it was so subtle. We didn't even realize it. Right. It, it, it was just part of our life. Would you use the word like conditioned maybe, or like example yeah. you've been given in your life? Not like, oh, maybe, maybe not overt conditioning, but just like maybe your mom did more of the cleaning. So you assume that maybe exactly. his mom did more of the cleaning. Maybe your friend's mom always cleaned, right? Like what, whatever that may be. That's what yeah. we saw in movies or media, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly. And I do think that that happens by what we, and that was exactly what happened, I think. And I love my mom and I love his mom and uh, our parents, but that's just a reality of growing up is that that was the case, right? Like the moms did more of the cleaning and it wasn't taught. My mom is a feminist. Like she wouldn't say that she did it on purpose, right? It was just kind of the way culture was. And that's what we learned. And then in media, you see it even more. It is kind of this conditioning that happens to, I mean, maybe everyone, um, and when we talked about it, we sort of realized that it was like this kind of eye opening. Oh, yeah, we've just been assuming this. But why? And eventually we got to a point where we realized it really didn't make sense at all for our relationship, right? Because for us personally, at this point in our lives, I'm working more. And he, at every point in our lives, is much tidier than me. He is much better at cleaning. He enjoys cleaning. I hate it with fiery passion. And so (laughs) we had a discussion and we talked about this and it was kind of awkward and hard, you know, because this is like, oh, you know, there's all these like implications of like, are we saying that Thomas was a bad person? No, no, we're not saying that, you know, are we saying that like, this is an unhealthy marriage? No, we're not saying that either. You know, so it's kind of like we had to kind of push through those really uncomfortable like implications just to recognize that hey, this is something that is not healthy in our marriage. Even if we love each other and we think our marriage overall is a good thing, that doesn't mean that this is okay. And the initial talking about it was uncomfortable, though. It was hard. But pushing through it, that's kind of how we addressed it. And like Heather said, like, you know, this, well, like I said, this isn't, I realize this isn't some grand scale of oppression and there's a lot worse out there. But like Heather said, if you can't address even the smallest uh, inequalities in your life, then you're not going to be equipped to address the bigger ones or to support other women who are experiencing bigger inequalities. Right. No, thank you for sharing that. It's such a great point. And what was the end result? What did you guys decide? Oh, yeah. Thomas cleans way more than I do now. <laughs> He's... <laughs> He does so then the there laundry. was a, at the end an overt decision, right? Yes, a, an it, open, it was a clear. Like, yep, we like we going to take we talked about it, decided it. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I still obviously try and help. I don't want him to ever feel like he's out on his own or anything, and he doesn't want me to feel like that. But we both acknowledge that he like I have more work hours, and he's better at this, so he does do it more, and I appreciate it so much. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, I, like I said, I help when I can, but overall it does, it is more him than me, and we, we made that conscious decision. Yeah, it's it's interesting how you have to have those conversations, because there is a lot of assumptions, and you might not even realize the assumption that you have. Because um, mm-hmm. both of us, yeah. and I'm sure you probably, I'm assuming in a past conversation that you have this experience as well, is that both of us would say that we believe in equality in the marriage, we would believe in equality of splitting 
sort of like the workload 50-50 in the home, or if one person's working outside the home more, then the con- consequently, obviously, the other person takes on more responsibility within the home. So mm-hmm. we've been both on a cerebral, like, what do I believe in theory, principled way, say that. Mm-hmm. But then when the rubber met the road, we were operating Didn't on even assumptions. Yeah. Yeah. Different assumptions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in using, scared of using this word, uh, feminism, Heather just gave an example and you're in like the home life. Um, and I'm going to go into sort of like the career life. What about inequality in your workplace? Um, this can be scary to use the word feminism or to maybe not even use the word, but bring up issues of sexism in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you're wondering, like, maybe there's a couple of things you're like, well, the men in my, I work with, they're not bad people. They still maintain general respect. Right. And I think there's also this common misconception that sexism means sexual assault. Um, and it's, it doesn't, Something can be sexist and not actually be about, like, it's intercourse of any kind, right? Like, sexual activity <laughs> of any kind, right? Like, Right, right. Or assault or outright physical harm. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, it can just be whether – it can be something as simple as, like, women are interrupted more in work meetings. Like, they're not allowed to finish their sentences. Um, mm-hmm. We re- referenced in a previous situation where a woman will suggest an idea multiple times and then a man suggests the same idea – and with a woman, it was like, eh. and then the man's just, and it's like, oh, wow, that's, that's a good idea. Like, I've witnessed this happening mm-hmm. where yeah. I've said the same thing, like, once or twice. And then 10 minutes later, a man who wasn't listening says the same thing again. Like, oh, I got this mm-hmm. brainwave and I'm a genius. And I'm like, dude, 15 minutes ahead of you. 15 <laughs> yeah. minutes. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then everyone's like, oh, wow. Okay. No, we really should consider that. And it's like, mm-hmm. was it just that you, the so group needed to be prepped or that like we're stroking his ego because he's a male and we can't say to him that, you know that it's a bad idea yeah. or it's yeah. a bad idea because yeah. he came me like there's this kind of all these questions as to why that manifests but I've seen this happen more than once mm-hmm. um I've also seen situations where like I've brought up a grievance in a situation or I've apologized for maybe like a complication in a situation and it's a complication that comes with being human, not a complication that comes with being female. But then mm-hmm. I'm told, oh, it's okay. I realize that women are just more emotional or women have oh more feelings or women are, right? Like I get this, like women are this, it's okay. And I'm like, would you like to pat me on the head and then hand me a sucker? Or <laughs> like, are we good? And <laughs> yes, it, it, it's, it's like, I am not a child, Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's been an interest and in, in, in those moments, I'm like, like, wow, we were doing so good. Like you were listening, yeah. you heard my grievance, you acknowledged that it wasn't okay. Right. And mm-hmm. it was about something completely non-sexist, like mm-hmm. didn't have anything to do with sexism. And then when I thanked you for your time and realized that you're acknowledged that you have responsibilities and that you were taking time to listen to the situation you then made it sexist by saying, it's okay, yeah. women are just X, Y, Z. Like, no, this has nothing to do with me being a woman. Like, this situation was wrong. Male, mm-hmm. female, doesn't matter. The situation was mm-hmm. wrong. Yeah. Um, so these are things that happen. But, yeah, go ahead, Heather. And I just want to add in, I can, I can hear 
listeners, like at least some listeners at this point being like, oh, come on, does that really happen? Like that's never happened to me. And I just want to remind you what we said at the beginning. Just because it's never happened to you does not mean it's never happened. We are not the only women who've experienced this. This is this is a very common uh, experience of a lot of women. And so I just want right. to remind you, it's great if you've never experienced that. That's awesome. I am so happy for you because it's the worst. But please remember, that doesn't mean it's not real. And we need to be conscious of respecting that, like, there's a lot of women who say it is and we can listen to them and believe them. Yes. Yes. Very much so. And I would say that I've experienced, I think an important point too, is that I've experienced this from men in authority over me. And I've experienced it from women in authority over me. Mm -hmm. Like I've experienced the message, like the not subtle overt message yeah from yeah. people being a woman does not make you immune to perpetuating sexism that's just right. just it isn't uh, yeah it's yeah um so okay so i in these situations there's many of these situations where i've spoken up but there's situations where i haven't spoken up because i didn't i knew it wasn't safe i knew mm-hmm. it would cost me my position or it would cost mm-hmm. me my commission or it would cost me like I in situations where um, my ability to support my family and livelihood was at stake, like it would put mm-hmm. it at risk. Um, and in those situations, I haven't spoken up, but I've been mm-hmm. for a long time in a situation situations where um, I felt very safe to speak up for a number of reasons. And you know, when those, you know, call them one off, call in a pattern, whatever, when those situations happened. Um, those were safe situations for me to speak up. And those are the situations that I spoke up in. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't worried about my job security. And I also knew the person well enough to know their heart. Like, cause when mm-hmm. I would challenge it, they're like, no, 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 I'm not trying to be sexist. Like, like mm-hmm. they, they weren't, they had this belief, but they weren't trying to keep me down. I knew that their general attitude and posture towards me and, a long history of, you know, love and care was there. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't, um, I felt empowered. Not that you can only say things when you feel empowered or it's safe. We have to speak Mm -hmm. up when it's not safe, but I felt empowered. Yeah. And I, I would, I would also maybe, I think you might also be saying, uh, that like you do have an inherent level of power at work that other women don't have. Correct. Right. Like I, I, I would argue. Yeah, I think both of us inherently have, we're white, which helps. <laughs> and then also when you're at work and you're at a certain level, you have more freedom to speak about things than a lot of women might not. And I want to just kind of emphasize, like, that's why it is so important to speak up, right? And there are times when it's not safe. Like you've pointed out, it's not safe for your financial livelihood. For many, many women, it's not physically safe to speak up, um, not just for their finances, but for their their physical safety, right? Like they're in an unsafe work environment. They don't have a lot of control over that. And or an speaking unsafe up about this, Exactly. And speaking up about this stuff is just going to put them in danger. And if that's you, we want to just like, you know, emphasize that this is, we're, we're not saying that this is your fault. We're not saying that like, well, gosh, why don't right. you speak up? If you don't feel safe, you can't, you have to protect yourself. You have to do, you know, what's safe for you. And we want to encourage that. Um, that being said, if you are someone who it is uncomfortable, but it's safe, 
how much more important it is to speak up in these situations because it isn't just about you. Because every time you bring up these issues, that you push back against these issues, that you build equality, especially in a workplace, it affects every other woman who has who does work there and who will work there. Um, because because right. it's not just about you. So even if it's like uncomfortable and hard, you know, consider that it isn't just about you that making that standing up for yourself really is about standing up for every other woman that works there. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, so point one is if you anecdotally in your life experience feel that you don't need the word feminism, our point is that there's lots of other people in, I would argue in your life, uh, but also obviously worldwide that need this word and that need this movement. And then point two is a, a challenge of like, why are we scared of using the word feminism? Um, asking that question, what are the negative connotations associated with it? Um, and then the point three that we want to end with is a challenge uh, to you listener in terms of like, where are you facing inequality in your life and making that mm-hmm. an okay question to ask um, mm-hmm. and to push to, to take the word feminism at its, at its textbook definition which as Heather stated from the beginning, the theory of political, economic, and social equality of the sexes. Like take that for what it's worth and Mm -hmm. reject all the negative connotations that's given to it, right? And take it for what it's worth and openly and without fear, you know, ask yourself, you know, do I face inequality in my life because of my sex? Right, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because of my because of how or because of how I identify, identify right? So, mm-hmm. and this isn't just a one-time ask. This isn't just sit here and ask this now. This mm-hmm. is as you're buying groceries, as you're um, as you're at work, as you're communicating with coworkers, as you're communicating with your spouse or your boyfriend or your girlfriend or where, wherever your situation is. Let this be an okay question to ask and you don't even have to ask yeah, it out loud you can ask it to be an internal dialogue mm-hmm. to start to ask yourself and notice maybe where this might happen without prejudging the situation um mm-hmm. because you're not gonna the reality is is you're not going to be able to see the situations in your life where you're being treated um with inequality based on your sex if you're starting off with this hard judgment of it just doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It's because of these other reasons. And I can explain why, like, just let it be an mm-hmm. okay question and, and actively ask that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be my challenge. Yeah. Actively ask that. Yeah. Um, make it a practice, make it something right. that you bring in your life every day. And when you hear that voice that we all know that voice, which is, am I being too much? Am I being over dramatic? Am I being a victim when right. I ask this question? Remember that you're not just asking it for you. You're asking it for every woman who is experiencing oppression because it takes the people with privilege to stand up to every inequality, even small ones, to make change. Um, We can't, we're not going to be able to make big change, like Heather pointed out, if we can't, if we can't make small change. And if we, with, with our level of privilege and ability to stand up to these things, don't, than other women suffer. I think um, I'm, I'm thinking of another situation too, where this this so much of this in my mind um, many times ties back to self worth, right? Mm. Like, and not wanting to be perceived as negative. 
And there's a vulnerability that comes with challenging these things, right? Like, yeah. you're like, well, I don't want to be, I don't want my spouse or my significant other to see me as a victim. Like, oh, mm-hmm. you're just a victim. Or, oh, you're just so dramatic. You have so many feelings, right? Like, <laughs> um, it takes vulnerability to say, I'm scared of rejection. I'm scared of committing to you because I'm scared of rejection. It takes mm-hmm. vulnerability to say, I don't appreciate the way you said that, right? Yeah. Or yeah. Uh, it takes vulnerability to say, even 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 when you sh- even when you add extra sugar and acknowledgement, and you say, "Hey, I realize that like you probably weren't trying to be sexist, but that was that was very that was sexist, and here's here's why, right? Here's this mm-hmm. here's here's how I experience what your statement, right? As a person mm-hmm. in my shoes, here's how I experience your statement." It takes vulnerability to say that. Um, and so this really, I, w- I would argue, and I think Heather would agree with me, is an opportunity for growth. It's an opportunity to grow mm. in your self-worth. And as you grow in your self-worth and value and voice, so will the other women in your life yeah. have an opportunity to grow in their self-worth and their voice. And you can be there for people who do, your friends who do experience domestic abuse, yeah. right? Um, it's not just about, you know, don't donate money to fight sex slavery. Like, let's start with the fact that... Although do that. That what? Although do do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do, please. By all means. <laughs> um, it can't just be that, right? Like, yeah. It has to, it's easy, I feel like in this situation, I know I experience, if I start, when I start digging deep into these situations, it feels so overwhelming. And I'm like, how do we even begin to combat something like worldwide sex slavery? And mm. the reality is, is that your own small little corner of the world, you can address inequality, which is intimately linked to sex slavery, which is intimately linked to abuse, which is intimately linked to war, which is intimately linked to, right? Like, right, yeah. these situations are so intimately linked. And as we said before, and we'll say again, like, if you can't see and be willing to address the small change stuff, like, we can't even begin to willing to address the big change stuff. But if we're all addressing small change stuff, then the other stuff yeah. is we can, it, it, it's easier, it's easier to tackle because we're not distracted by all these little things because they're being addressed as we go opposed to being ignored right we can't do everything but we can do one thing we can do the next right thing as as frozen taught us if you haven't watched frozen <laughs> do the next the right thing yes <laughs> and on that yes. amazing note i think that uh i think we're good to wrap up huh heather agreed thank thank you guys so much for listening we really appreciate it um we hope you'll share this with your friends and family, maybe someone you know who is scared to use the word feminism. Like, we hope that um, this might be helpful in initiating dialogue with them. Um, find us on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Heather R. Walters. Um, Heather, are you on Instagram or Twitter? I am. I am at um, the realtor underscore Heather Rao because um, I am a real estate broker. <laughs> that is nice. my Instagram. Nice. Cool. Um, And then, yeah, like I said, please subscribe and share. And thank you guys for being here. We appreciate it. Now uh, go out there and and be too much. (laughs) Be too much, our unapologetic women. Over and out. Yes. Just do the next right thing. Take a step. Step again. It is.
To this next breath, this next step, this next choice is one that I can make. So I walk through this night, stumbling blindly toward the light, and do the next right thing. And with the dawn, what comes then? It's too weird. Too bossy. Too wild. Too girly. Too much. Too much. Too much.